They know, they know that, it, that it helps the children of Israel. They, if you read the scripture in chapter 4, over the beginning of the chapter, they know that it helped them defeat the armies of, of other, and back in the wars of other times. They know that it helped them defeat that. But they have no clue what it, they have no clue the power that they have. So they take it and they come from Ebenezer and they bring it down to Ashdod. And in Ashdod, there was the temple of Dagon. Dagon was the, the, the national god, I guess you could say, of the Philistines. He was, uh, um, if I'm thinking about it right, Dagon was um, the god of crop fertility, and he was also a god, a god of, the, of fish. And if you look at some of the pictures of Dagon, it'll be half man and half fish. But anyways, they, they would, they, if you, you think um, of when Samson, when at the last moment when he shoved the towers down, they were actually worshiping in, in the temple of Dagon. So Dagon was their, their main god that they would go to. So they take the Ark of the Covenant and they set it in the temple beside Dagon. That's something. Think of this, is, this is what churches are trying to do all over the world right now. Right. They're trying to mix something that's godly with something that's ungodly. They're mixing things that are unholy with things that are unholy. And it doesn't work that way. Right. You can't put righteousness and unrighteousness together. Right. God does not dwell in an evil, evil temple. He will not do it. So they put him, they put him, put the ark of the covenant beside Dagon, and they go, and they go home, and went to bed. The next morning, they came back, and Dagon fell flat on his face. They had to pick their god up. Aren't you glad we serve a god that we don't have to pick up? The matter of fact, the god that I serve picks me up. When I get down, when I get in trouble, my god picks me up. I'm glad I serve a god that even when I'm not what I should be, he comes and he picks me up. So the next night, they pick him up, they set him back where he, where they were. Where he was, the next day go home, go to bed, the next night they come back, the next morning they come back, he had fallen flat on his face, his head has been cut off, his, his hands have been cut off, he has fallen, they, they were taking, you picture this in your mind, it doesn't say it's a scripture, but I just picture it in my mind. They're taking brooms and sweeping their God up off the floor. What kind? Who wants to serve a God that you've got to clean up after? Man, the God that we have, we He cleans up after me. When I get into sin, He comes along and He picks me up. He clean. Matter of fact, His blood cleanses us from all sin. I'm thankful that I serve a God like that. So they thought, man, we got to do something about this. And see what happened in Ashdod as as they they put this this. Ark of the Covenant in their temple, people began to, to die. Destruction started to happen in Ashdod. God struck them down. He struck them with death. He struck them with emeralds. I don't think I have to under, help you understand what an emerald is. There's something that sounds very similar to it that's not very comfortable. But he struck them with emeralds. And everywhere this thing went, there was death and destruction. From Ashrod, they sent it down to Gath because hey, we've got to move this thing. Everybody's dying around it. So they sent it down to Gath. Same thing started happening. Death, struck them with emeralds. Now all this and just destruction everywhere. So they, they moved it from, from Ashdod to Gath down to Ekron. Everywhere they sent this thing, death and destruction start everywhere they sent. Death and destruction. You know, the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. Right. The wages of sin is death. And you, you can't help. I, you picture this in your mind's eye. All of this is going on. And they, they still, they still don't. So what they did, they, they, they got the priests and, and the devoneers together and they, they had to figure out what was going on and they had to figure out. And they come up with the idea, hey, we've got to get this thing back to, to God's people. And they, they wanted to do it in such a way 
that, 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 that when they did it, that there was no question that it was either, it was either God, that, that their God was going to do it, or it was just all a big coincidence. Well, I got to tell you right now, there are no coincidences with God. Yeah. God either wants it to happen or he don't want it to happen. There's no coincidences. Sorry, it doesn't happen. But now, to get to the text, 1 Samuel chapter 6, if you will, verse 1. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called to the priests and the divineers, saying, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they said, if, if ye send away the ark of God of Israel, send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering, then ye shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Then said they, what shall be the trespass offering that we shall return to him? And they answered, five golden emeralds, five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for one plague was on you all and on your lords. Wherefore, ye shall make images of your emeralds and the images of your mice that marred the land, and ye shall give glory unto the God of Israel, peradventure, or maybe he will lighten his hand from off of you and from your gods and from your land. Therefore, wherefore, when then do ye harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts when he had wrought wonderfully among them that did not let the people go, and they departed. Now therefore, make a new cart and take two milk kinds on which there had come no yoke and no and tie the kind to the to the yoke. Let me start over. And therefore make a new cart and take two milk kind on which there had come no yoke and tie the kind to the cart and bring their calves home from them. And take the ark of the Lord and lay it upon the cart. And put the jewels of gold which he returned for the trespass offering in a coffer by the side thereof and send it away that it may go. And see if it goeth up by the way of his own coast to Bethlehem. Then he hath done when he then when he hath done this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that smote us. It was just chance that happened to us. There again, the coincidence. In verse ten, and the men did so, and they took the two milk kind or milk cows and tied them to the cart and shut the calves up at the home. And they laid the ark of the Lord upon the cart and the coffer with the mice of gold and the images of their emeralds. And the kind took the straight way to the way of Bethlehem and went along the highway, lowing as they went, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left hand. And the lords of the Philistines went after them under the border of Bethlehem, and they lay, and they of Bethlehem were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. So they came up with this plan that they were going to build this new cart. There was a specific way that you had to transport. God gave specific instructions on how the Ark of the Covenant was to be transported or to be moved. And it was to be moved with staves. There were rings on the side of the Ark that they would put these staves through. And they were not, they weren't allowed to touch the cart because if they did, you remember Uzzah? Uzzah, he thought that the Ark tipped, when David was going to move the Ark and, and Uzzah, he thought, well, I'm going to try to, to take this cart. It, it began to topple and he just reached out just to stable it and Uzzah was dead because he touched the cart. There's specific, when God gives us instructions, he really means it. He said that he, yeah. he, there's no questioning God. He wants to he, what he says, he means. And he said, don't touch it. Other reach up and touch it. And he died. So they built this cart. There's specific and there was so, so much that the things that were in the cart, when they when they stole it, the the, the, the pot of manna and the the, the art of 
I'm thinking about. Me and my mind is going 100 miles an hour right now. <laughs> the pot of gold, which represented, it represented the, how God took them out of the wilderness and how he cared for them all, all through when they wandered through the wilderness. And then, then there was the, the word of God or, or the law of Moses, the tablets. And that was just to show that God, the law that, that was there, his instruction to God's people. And then there was Aaron's rod, which bloomed, being dead. Yet, just, just to show that God can take something that's completely dead and make it alive. And if you're here tonight and you've been saved, that's what he took you. So he, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And God got a hold of us and made us, he quickened us and made us alive in him. There's no better feeling than that. Thankful. But anyways, they put the thing on the cart and they sent this thing. So tonight's message. I used to, you know this 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 whole circumstance, this whole story is to show that God longs to be with his people. He, 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 and he'll go to great lengths to get his presence to his people. Yeah. He proved that on Calvary. That God wants to wants to be with he wants to dwell with his people. He wants to have a relationship with his people. He wants his presence to dwell with his people. So he he went to great lengths with Calvary to send his son to die for our sins so that we can have that relationship. But even in the Old Testament, it's just a it's just a picture of what Christ did and he's showing that he wants his presence with his people and that's what it is. But that's not what I'm going to preach about. Now, I don't want to preach about being like a cow. <laughs> being like a cow. There's some things that we can learn in the scripture. These cows, the things that these cows did. That we can, as Christians, we can learn from. I was thinking about this and, you know. Anybody like cows? Come on. Couple people. I like cows because you can eat them. <laughs> Filet mignon, big ribeye steak. I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, that, that's why I like cows. Are kind of ugly. I mean, you don't go by cows and say, "Hey, that's a pretty cow." You just, I mean, this is not something that you know, a horse, a steed, you know, something like that. You think, but but you just don't look at a cow and you think, that, "Man, that's a pretty thing." So you, you just think about this. It's just a weird circumstance. Well, not what they came up with to get the Ark of the Covenant back to the children of Israel. So they hook them up to the, with these milk cows. And they put them on this cart. These cows had never been hooked up to anything in their life. They were milk cows. The only thing that they did was give milk. That was their job, was to give milk. But now, here are the Philistines. Their big, bright idea is they're going to hook it up to this cart. Because, you know, that's what milk cows do. They pull a cart everywhere. So they they said, we're going to make it to where they're... The only way that this thing is going to get back to where it's supposed to is if God takes it there. Yeah, right. These were heathen... People putting God to the test. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you right now that there's been many a heathen, that's been many a atheist that's put God to the test and found out that God is true. I can't remember the guy's name. That the, the guy that wrote the, the book. Yeah, the him. I mean, he 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 set out to prove that God wasn't real. He set out to prove that that, that he was right as an atheist. And what he did is he he proved to himself that God was real. Right. But anyways. What we can learn from these cows, I guess I've got three or four or five points here I'm going to give you tonight. The first thing we can learn from a cow is we can see the duty of a cow. And I don't mean, I mean their job. <laughs> you see the duty of the cow. 
And you think about this. As a cow, as I said, the cows are ugly. That, I mean, and you think about it. It's just a weird thing that they would pick a cow to pull a cart, especially with the job that they especially being a milk cow. That was something totally that they, they didn't have any, they had no experience in doing this. So, so why would they pick these cows? You know, you think about this. You could align me up. When I was when I was in high school, you could have lined me up in a, in a in a row of probably fifteen people, and you could have went and you could have took a survey and said, "I want you to pick the, I want you to write down the name of the person that's going to be a preacher in that group." I would have been the last name that you would have picked in that whole group to be a preacher because I it's completely out of my nature to do what God's called me to do. It's not so I ran from it from so long. So God, you you would have think that they would have picked this beautiful you know a Clydesdale horse or even a big camel, a big strong camel or something to pull this cart back to the where it would belong back to the children of God. But no, they, they picked the cows are just ugly. They're just ugly, man. There's nothing pretty about a cow. Some people have, I'm, I apologize if you're the kind of person that has your kitchen decorated with cows. I really apologize. But cows are just ugly. But you see, their job, you know what their job was? Their job was to carry the word. This is good. Their job was to carry the word of God through the enemy territory. Their job was to carry God's word to to the. (laughs) You think about this as God's people. You know what our job is? It's to carry the word of God throughout this land. That's desolate. It's in destruction. There's nothing. There's nothing good in this land. But it's our job to carry the goodness of God's word to 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 the people that are lost. That's our job. Just like they, they, they had no clue what they were doing. They just, man, I'm telling you. They could have picked anybody else, but they got these cows. Bless you, bro. I'm not sure what God saw in me. Right. I was, if, he, if you think about it, when he looked down, he didn't see nothing. There was nothing good in me. It was just sinful, wretched, wicked. But he, he, he said, I'm going to pick him to carry the gospel. Yeah. If you're here tonight and, and you're saved and you, you, you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, he's chosen you yeah. to carry the gospel. Yeah. You say, well, I'm not, I don't know how to do it. It's complete. I just don't know how to talk. You think these cows knew how to, knew how to pull a lot of cart? They had no clue. So you can't use that excuse. Well, I just don't know how to talk. No, God will give you what you need when you got he he was in he was in control of these cows, I can tell you. Because there's no way they could have got there without him. I sure am glad that God chose me. We have the privilege. The privilege of carrying the gospel. Lost and dying world. Yeah, true, yeah. brother. It's our job. Yeah, it's my job. It's the, and I'll tell you right now, it's not just Pastor Delbert or Pastor Brad. It's not just their job to go out and, and witness and tell people about the Lord. It's your job too. Right. So we see the duty. You know, Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse nineteen. He he gave us a command to go ye therefore, go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That was our command to go. I want you to take the gospel out into this wicked world, through this wicked world, and spread it as much as you can. Yeah. That's what the job of these cows were. They just they were they were taking the gospel to the wicked land. So we see their duty number two. We see the destination of the cows. <clears throat> 
Y'all know this, the song by Squire Parsons, um, Beulah Land? Yeah. I'm kind of homesick for a country. And all, all that's all I've seen. I don't seem very good when I'm preaching. They were headed to a place. Right. They'd never been. Yeah. You think about this. <laughs> and you think about this. I, I, I've been, been saved and washed by the blood, but... You'd ask me how to get to heaven before I was saved. I couldn't have told, told you a word. I couldn't tell you nothing about it. But I can tell you right now that I, I've never been there before, but I know how to get there. Yeah. Right. I know how to get there because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary for me. And it's just that simple. It's just as simple as accepting Him as your Savior, asking forgiveness for your sins, confessing Him with your mouth. And it's that. That's, that's how we get to heaven. That's the way we go. And it's that. I had no clue how to do it beforehand. These cows, they had never been there before, but here they go. <laughs> Pull the cart. If you look at verse 12, it tells you that they didn't turn to the right or the left. Right. They went what way? The straight way. Yeah. The straight way. And I'm telling this, y'all, if you get this, I'm telling you that there's something about knowing that you're saved and knowing that when you lay your head down on a pillow when you, at night when you go to sleep, there's just something about knowing that, that your destination, where, where you're headed, there's just something about knowing that, that when you get there, there, there I'm telling you, it, it's, it's a life-changing yes. event. Yes. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 10 says that Abraham was looking for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. They were headed to a place where God's people were. Are, not were, are. Are. I don't know about you, but I'm heading to that place. That may be tomorrow, it may be next week, it may be ten years from now, I don't know. But I'm heading to that place where God's people are. Cows have very mundane lives. You ever thought about a cow's life? They do the same thing every day. It's a, it's a very monotonous same old, same old. They come out of the barn. They go out there. They, if they even go to the barn, but wherever they are, the only thing they think they can think about is eating. And they run. They walk around eating grass. That's all they do, chewing the cud. I can get into how cows have three stomachs and how they regurgitate and how they eat their food three, four times. They chew. They like their food. They eat it more than once. But here it is. You think about the cows. Man, they. they all the things that these cows did is just. A, it just proves that God was completely in control. But a cow's nature is to just wander around every day doing the same thing. Cows walking. You ever been driving down the interstate and you look over on the side of the hill and you see all these trails like, you know, pass alongside the hill. And you know what I'm talking about. If, if you've ever been anywhere, you see, especially in West Virginia, these, the side of these hills, there's just trails everywhere. And a cow kind of just wanders. But in their wandering, they walk in a circle. They always come back to where they were. So much so that, that even, this is, this, I, I read this in study and it just blew my mind. That like when they take a cow to slaughter or when they take them to auction, when they, when they put these cows in chutes, the chutes, all the chutes have a, a slight right turn to them because it makes the cows feel comfortable. It makes them feel like that they're going back to where they, it, it keeps them from realizing what they're really going to. But it's, it's just something that helps them to be comfortable. So, but they always, I can tell you, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ in your life, you're just walking in circles. Right. You're just going round and round. You don't have any destination. You're just going all over the place. And you're just like an old cow wandering around 
looking for some place to go. And I can tell you, these cows were completely out of their nature. Their destination, they, they were, you know why they were going where they were going? Because they had just got hooked up to the power of God. And I can tell you right now, if you want to get to the destination of heaven yourself, you're going to have to get up to get hooked up to the gospel card. You're going to have to get yourself hooked up to the, to the presence and the power of God. Because if you don't, you won't make it there. You won't make it. What a day. The day the cows got hooked up to the presence of God. It changed their nature. Yeah, sure did. Changed their nature. When I got saved, God changed my nature. I liked the sin. I liked what I did. Right, right. But when God got a hold of me, I for some reason, the things that I used to like to do, I despised yeah. the, the, the stuff that I used to go to, the stuff that I used to think, man, that'll make me feel better. Or that, that, that one swig, man, it'll, it'll knock all this out. I despised it. And now that I got a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it changed everything. And you think about that this is just, a, just an illustration of what God did for us. Yeah. I am in the same sense. And these cows, these milk cows, were not the same. It changed the way they walk. It changed where they walk. It changed how they walk. It changed everything about when you get saved. God, changed. you know what? When I got saved, there's nobody. The pastor doesn't have to call me every week or week. I've been saved for gosh, it's over over twenty, almost thirty years now. Man, praise <laughs> the Lord, that's awesome. I've been saved for thirty years, and you know what? The first first week I got saved, pastor didn't have to call me up and say, "Hey, you coming to church?" There wasn't nobody had to beg me to come to church. When I got saved, when I when the Holy Spirit came into me, I wanted to be in church as much as I could. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, God changes everything about you. He changes your wants, you know. When I, I'll never forget when I first got called to preach, I was um, went walked in a little church over in uh, St. Albans, uh, Faith Free Will Baptist, and I walked in there, and uh, just out of the blue, this guy comes walking up to me, and he. He said, uh, you know, Christians can do what they want to. And I was just a young Christian. I thought, man, this guy, he don't really know what he's got a hold of here. You know, and, and he said, he stopped me because he could, I guess he could see the look on my face. He said, you know, you know what? You Christians can do anything you want to because you want to change. That's right. You want to change. That's good. And I can tell you the things that I used to want to do, I don't want to do them anymore. I don't want to go to the same places. Especially you find out here in a minute what was going on with these cows. They had they had a pull on them, and there's a, there's a pull in this world. There's a, there's yeah. a, there's pleasure in sin for a season. Scripture tells us that. Yeah. That there you, you there's things that you used to do. Pastor Brad talked about it this morning about the past the things that you used. There's a pull there because there's that pleasure. But but there's something stronger about being hooked up to the power. There's something about the power of God that eliminates that pull from behind. Yeah, that's right. There was a strong pull. So we see their duty, we see their destination, their response, whatever you want to call it. Number three, we see their direction. When they got hooked up to the power of God, they automatically went the straight way. Automatically went the straight way. Verse 12, and the kind took the straight way to the way of Bethamash and went along the highway, lowing as they went and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go therein. 
Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life, unto life, and few that there be that find it. Cows wander. Just like I did when I was lost. I just I was looking for the next thing to make me feel good. I was looking for the for the next thing that, that helped me get by or get get through something. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh under the problem but by me. Yeah. Unless you get hooked up right. to the gospel cart, you won't make it to heaven. That's right. You won't make it to Bethlehem. Right. It won't happen. Their, their, their direction. Like I said, they had never been hooked up. To, they never. How did they even know which way to go? There was nothing leading them. There was not. There was nothing. They had no clue what they were doing. The only thing that they had is that they'd been hooked. They'd been. They got a hold of something that was greater than they were. And that there, that's there's something to be said about the direction that God leads us, and in, in, in when we get saved. Number four. We see their determination. Look at verse 12 again. It says, And the kind took the straight way under the way of Bethlehem and went along the highway, lowing as they went, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left hand. I was thinking about this. About, you know, years ago, Wendy and I, we went to Pikesden, and we had this big idea that we were going to go horseback riding. You can take them up there. I, I'm not crazy about horses. I, I like to have control of the animals that you can't control the horse. They, I know you put the bridle and all that mess and reins and all. They, for some reason, the horse that I get on never obeys me. <laughs> so we get there, and this this horse, I mean, it, it was just, it was crazy. And, and of course, I get the most stubborn horse that there was. And he was determined. You know, the reins were there to steer, and I would pull this way, and he would stop. And I would kick him and he would jump. And he was determined not to do anything what I told him to do. And sometimes as Christians, we get so pulled up and we, we, we think that we're so high and mighty. So I don't know what you want to say, but, but sometimes we get so determined about that we want to do what we want to do. It doesn't matter what influences are in our life. That's a very dangerous place to be. The Bible says that they turn not from the right hand to the left for 20 miles. They walk the straight way. Right. And you can just imagine, if you've ever been on a horse, every time we would stop and walk through the woods, my horse would want to pull down and get him a big bite of grass. And that was so aggravating. But I got the picture in my head, these cows, as, as they walked along, they're walking along the way, along the highway, Scripture tells us that. And you imagine as they're walking, this is, this is, the, this is the Christian right here. Some good looking green grass over there. I think I'll just stop for just a second. Get me out of here. The Bible says that they didn't turn to the right or the left. They went the straight. They didn't let anything distract them from the job that was set. What we need is some witnesses, some Christians that don't let anything distract them. We've got so much distraction going on in this world. We let this virus distract us from, from serving God and, and letting God work in our services. We let so many things in this world distract us from the job that God has given us. Bad place sometimes to be when you aren't determined. We need some determined Christians. Paul said in Acts chapter 20, he said, None of these things, none of these things move me. Yeah. Right. Amen. 
When are we going to get to, to be like Paul and all these things that Satan, all those things from the past that keep popping their head up and all those pretty green, you know, they always say that the grass is greener on the other side. My dad always said, yeah, it's because what they put on it. <laughs> yeah. Y'all get that a little bit. He <laughs> some determined Christians. Hebrews 10 verse 39 says, but we are not of them who draw back we need some determined Christians. People that won't turn back to the first little whim of a virus or the first little, first little object that gets in their way. We need, we need some determined. I heard an illustration one time from an old preacher. And it was an illustration about this old bulldog. And it is, it's a goofy illustration. But man, it, it, it drives the point home. This, this one day, this, this, old, this pastor was sitting out, out on his porch with his little wife. And they had come out. In, in the afternoon after they got done eating their lunch and they were sitting there and they were just enjoying the afternoon and they were sitting there and along this street they lived along this street and up, up, the, up the road they looked down the ways and here comes this old bulldog just walking down the road you know you all know what a bulldog has got big old teeth and their jaws flopping everywhere it's kind of an ugly dog too but anyways he comes bebopping down and he's just strutting like an old bulldog you know, where he goes Next thing you know, out off the porch across the road, here comes this cat. <laughs> just all over and just bite him all over the leg. Hit that little bulldog. Just never even looked at the cat. Just, just kept on walking. Just going right along. Got cat went off its way. Here come a little old chihuahua. <laughs> all over just. <laughs> no, the bulldog never even moved. There may, meanwhile, a preacher and, and his wife sitting there on the porch. And he's just sitting there in his rocking chair watching this bulldog. Come down there. Sit there and watch that bulldog walk come out of sight. After the bulldog walked off, the preacher gets up, straightens his jacket up, and he said, Little wife said, Where are you going? He said, I'm going to go get some of what that bulldog got. <laughs> Determination. Yeah. Like I said, there's plenty of distractions in this world. There's plenty of things in this world that will draw you away, that, that are there to pull you away from the job that is tended. You know what our job is? It, it's, it's not to come in here and sit in the pew and to listen to me preach or Pastor Brad or Delbert. That's not our job. Our job is to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. That is our job. You can like it or lump it, but that is the job that God gave us. That's the job that God gave these cows, and that's the job that He gives to you. Yeah. Amen. So you want to be like a cow tonight? Because it sure sounds pretty good. I, I don't want to be fat like a cow or ugly like a cow, but I want to be. I want to have the determination, and I want to have what these cows had to get to where they needed to go. I want to give you the last point, and then we'll close. Sometimes it's just hard to do what God calls you to do. Right. Sometimes it's hard. Lastly, the last point is we see the distress of the cows. You know, as you think about this, I've, I've even heard this preached before in, in Scripture where in, in, in verse 12 it says, and they went along the highway lowing as they went. I've heard preachers preach that they were singing as they went. Victory in Jesus. Taking the gospel back back home. Singing victory in Jesus. Or amazing grace. But if you study this out, that's not the reason they were lowing. And it, it sure blows a good ending to a sermon that just come out of the water. Because that's the way you want to you want to give it, man. If you get saved, man, there's just nothing but peaches and cream in your life. It's going to be candy. Nothing will ever go wrong, but that's not the case. But there is something to be said about our determination and the direction that God has given us. It's the distress, the whole reason 
I talked to a guy a long time ago when I first started studying this message. A guy that, that owned cows. He actually was from North Carolina and when I lived down there. And he was a, he was a cattle farmer. And he, I mean, he, had a, he had more cows than you could count. And I, I got to talking to him about the reason that a cow lows. Y'all know cow moves. But there's, some, there's a different sound that a cow makes. There's three reasons that a cow will, will low. Number one, because they're hungry. Number two is because they're injured. But the reason that a cow lows so is, is, is in agony, and that's the case that in this scripture. The reason they were lowing was because their calves were shut up back at the barn. You see, they took these cows' calves and they shut them up. If you go back and you look, what is it, verse 9? Ten. Ten. Yeah, ten. And the men did so and took the milk cow and tied them to the cart and shut their calves up at home. What's that got to do with the message? The determination. There's a determination that God gives his children. I believe that. I believe that he gives us a stick to it in this. A want to. To serve him. I believe that, that God, when the Holy Spirit indwells us, when you, when you step out into sin, the Holy Spirit immediately says that's wrong. He immediately comes to you. He immediately stops you. He puts that, he, he won't stop you, but he tells you that, that you need to stop. So, so here you think about this. These cows, here they are. Their, their, their job is to take this, this, the gospel, to take the cart back to, back, back home, back to Bethlehem, back to God. And all the time, they're cows. You see, if you've ever heard of a cow or, or any, any kind of animal that's separated from its mother, they do nothing but whine and scream. And a calf, if you've ever heard a calf about it, I mean, they make the awfulest sound that you could ever make. And you can imagine them hearing as they went, as they walked out of sight. You know what their instinct was? Forget this cart. I'm going back to my kid. Right. Forget this. And, and what's, the, what's the point of all this? I can tell you right now. Is I'm going to tell you. If the whole world quits. If everybody stops serving God. You serve God. Yeah. If my family quits. I'm going to serve God. If my daughter or my son or my wife or my mom or any of those people. I'm, I'm not going to let. That is because it's real easy. We can put our family before the things of God. It's real easy to put the, these milk cows. They were in such a distress, but yet they carried it. They did their job. And even in agony, even in the midst of all their agony, they still did the job that they were set before. They still knew that they had to, if they were going to make it, they couldn't turn back. Right. You're here tonight. And you've been, you've been distracted. I don't know what it could be. You've been distracted from caring, from doing the job that God has set before you. It's time that we refocus. It's time that we determine that we're not going to let, we're not even going to let our family keep us from going. Yeah. It's time that you determine that you're going to make it to heaven. Right. You're tonight and you're lost. Miss Lydia, if you want to come, get us, get us the invitation. If you're here tonight and you're lost, there was nothing you know what? You know what would happen if they went back? You know what was back there? Death and destruction. Right. There was nothing to go back to. There was nothing to go back to. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. What, what do we have to go back to church? It's time that we determine that we're just going to serve God. 
It doesn't matter who quits. It's time that we determine. It's time that we we said we have a destination. Yeah. They were carrying the gospel to the wicked land. That was their job. That was their duty. That was their. They were determined to do exactly what God had called them to do. Are you? Is that, are, do you have that kind of determination tonight? Are you willing to be like a cow? Bow your heads with me. Father, Lord, we come to you, Lord, we thank you. God, I know this is a little bit, a little bit different message. God, we can sure learn a whole lot from these cows. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me in my determination. God, I know where I'm going, but God, sometimes I just need some help. And Lord, there may be somebody here tonight. God, that they may be that very way. They know where they're going, but God, they've been distracted. They've let some things in this world pull them away from, from where they're supposed to be going and what they're supposed to be doing. They've, they've fallen away from your will. And Lord, I, I pray tonight that, that this would be the very night as, as Lydia would sing, God, that you would just work on their hearts, God, and that you would set them back on the right path, that you would put them back where they need to be going, God, that they won't look back, they won't go from the right or to the left, God, but they'll stay on the straight way. God, that's our prayer. Help us, Lord, to stay on that straight way. God, we'll praise you for it. What's in Christ's name? Amen. You would stand with us. This lady is going to sing a song of invitation. Pastor Brad's going to come. Second Corinthians chapter 6 says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. You're here tonight and you don't know the Lord is your personal Savior. You've been struggling on which way to go. I can tell you there's no better way.